0: Hey guys, it's Ken. A little bit of programming note before we start. We are going to be re-releasing our podcast under a different rss feed due to some issues with a previous podcast uh, so look for our new podcast max destruction podcast you'll be able to find it the current rss feed that you guys are using will likely come up as you call those tactics now we're going to be releasing episodes on both for the next couple of weeks but we really need you to switch over as a favor to me as a favor to Dustin, and as a favor to yourself thanks guys Hello, hello, welcome back to another episode of Max Destruction Podcast. I am Ken, that's Dustin over there. And Dustin, I think we have an interloper, bro. Do we really? uh, You've been sucking ass at this whole security thing. I know. I'll get better, I promise. Uh, I doubt it, but that's okay. Uh, Guys, we have our very first interview-e in our podcast. Uh, Mr. John Strotsky. Hello, hello, thank you for interviewing me. That's right. You didn't know that you were getting a full on like two and a half hour interview, but uh <laughs> sucks to be you, guy. Uh, <laughs> that's what you meant by no, that's right, that's right. uh things are gonna get a little frosty in here no uh so we wanted to start bringing in uh more voices than just myself and Dustin uh and uh our Buddies over at the dynamic duel can never get you know nailed down so we know who really cares about us uh, and that's Hugh Strosky. Uh So if you guys wouldn't give us uh, <laughs> give us a couple of minutes of your time, go ahead and introduce yourself and anything you'd like to plug to our audience.
1: Yeah absolutely. Uh, so my name is as Ken said, John Starrowsky. I am actually also a podcast host. Uh, My alter ego is Mad Trivia John, uh, and I host the Mad Trivia podcast. Um, So basically what my show does is it's a trivia show, which everyone seems to know what a trivia show is. I would hope that you guys both know what trivia shows are. Nope. Nope, not at all. Really? Well, okay, so let me tell you. (laughs) I ask questions about movies. Um, So what I do is I take my guests' five favorite movies. I pick one at random without telling them what movie they're getting. And then upon the time of recording, I ask them 10 trivia questions, and then I make them recreate one of the scenes from said movie, uh, a la Mad Libs. Uh, So the best part about it is they have no way to know what movie they're getting or what scene they're getting. And it always leads to this most spectacular destruction of a scene. Much like you guys destroy uh, that city block deli guy, um, I destroy a movie scene.
0: I feel bad for our yeah. Deli guy. That's all, Ken. I, I, I feel bad for him, but honestly, uh, it serves him right. All right. So he just always seems to be in the exact same street where all of our characters are fighting when we're doing our destruction uh, spectrum. Uh, so it's really kind of on him. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I know, Dustin, uh, you've done his podcast, right? Or are you about to? Um, I did. Not looking forward to releasing,
2: so.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he uh folks. he did I'm not going to say what his movie is yet because I haven't got it out yet. I'm actually waiting to. uh I'm going to do what I've done in the past with other podcasts who've given me multiple hosts and I'm going to wait till I record your episode Ken um uh, and then I'm going to put them out together on the same day. Oh cool.
0: Yeah, so I I will be joining uh Mr. Strosky uh soon. To knock out mine, I absolutely love trivia. Uh, for the year I was down in Florida, I went and played trivia every Wednesday uh, with some friends. Uh, and uh, if it wasn't a Star Wars night, I usually sucked ass. Um, however, if it was Star Wars night, yeah, I was absolutely crushing souls. I mean, it was like Dark Souls, roll, 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 slash, just always in that place. Wow. Uh, so it was, it was good stuff. Uh, so, myself and Dustin and Mr. Strozky are, are acquaintances, really, uh, from the Dynamic Duel. Guys, uh, they have their own Discord channel uh, where all of us have met, uh, and I know I have personally played games with Strotsky, uh, Fortnite being among them, uh, and it it's always been a good time. Uh, the guys over at Dynamic Duel really have a, a knack of bringing people together, of very similar traits, uh, usually the ball busting kind, which is the best kind, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so strasky you you've listened to our podcasts. Uh, we're we're kind of in that fledgling getting going um, feel but uh, of the podcasts that you have listened to which one's been your favorite so far so I'm kind of at a toss up
1: Um, I really really love the crow so the crow versus Dean is a favorite of mine but I'm also a hardcore Arnold fan so Dutch vs. Rambo is also a favorite of mine conveniently enough I think that was episode what 1 and
0: 2 or 1 and 3 a uh, one and three, and also coincidentally, both ones that Dustin won. Which we'll go ahead and sign off with Mr. Strowski. So, thank you for coming. <laughs> obviously, uh, no, those definitely near and dear to our hearts. Um, one because it's it's the quintessential movie fight between characters, right? When you're talking about action heroes, you don't get any better than Dutch and Rambo. Um And I will say that The Crow and Dean Winchester really kind of came out of the fact that I had binge-watched like an entire season of Supernatural. And I was trying to figure out like of all the characters that could fight Dean, what would be funniest? And since he is such a classic rock guy, having the emo, mime, kind of grungy type, <laughs> I think it, it fit perfectly. So cool, man. Cool. Uh, So one last thing, Strauss, because we can't spend the entire podcast with you, we'd love to, but honestly, um, no, Uh, (laughs) is we want to add you to uh, the audience matchup, which is the second week we've been running this. Uh, It's a little shruncated from last week. We're recording this a little early uh, just so that all of our schedules had matched up. But this week's audience matchup, Dustin, go ahead and introduce it again. Uh Yeah, I asked the question, who would be a good matchup against the one Gabriel Law? So, we've gotten a couple of good answers, uh, and then I'll kick it over to you, Strosky, so I'll leave yours out. Uh, so, Miguel Kuna from our Instagram uh, at said Snake Eyes, so G.I. Joe Snake Eyes. Not too bad. Not, I wouldn't have really thought about that. Uh, oh, Joseph Garry... Joseph Garcia went the uh, very, very cheap route and went Neo, because the dude is super strong and moves in bullet time. So, you know, the one versus the one. Uh, Strosky, go ahead and throw yours out. So, I had
1: to say that it had to be there can only be one, and that is Duncan McLeod the Highlander.
0: Okay. That is pretty legit. Um of the two McLeods, definitely my second favorite, uh, because uh-huh. Connor McLeod, who may, who may or may not be, you know, throwing out some uh, future uh, matches. Uh, Duncan McLeod, obviously, from the TV show, uh, the Highlander, the, the series, and I think, what was it, Highlander Endgame? That was the Endgame. one he yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why did you go with him other than the fact that it's, they can only be one?
1: Well, it is basically boiling down to there can only be one, but I only picked him over Connor because I am a very, very big Christopher Lambert fan. You can't really push him out to anybody, but I had to give it to Duncan because Duncan's the one that took him out. So it only made sense to me that the strongest Highlander, the most prominent Highlander now because of the execution of, of Connor, it had to be the one versus the one who can only be one. And that's how that logic worked out in my head. Dustin, you have any thoughts?
2: I like it. Um, I was, it was about 10 years ago. I think uh, Highlander was on Netflix, the entire series. And I re-binged that entire show. So I love that answer.
0: I, I think he was a little little bit more of a sissy to me, but uh, I, I honestly feel like Christopher Lambert was taken out by uh, budget constraints, uh, probably because he wanted too much money. Uh, but we'll leave that conversation for a later time. Uh, Strauss, I really appreciate you coming on. Before we leave you, though, uh, today's podcast is the driver versus driver, bald versus... I don't know if he's got hair plugs. Probably not. I mean I think Cruz has just got that totally that does. hair. That that totally hair. Today's matchup is the transporter versus Ethan Hunt, Mission Impossible himself. Strasky, who is winning this fight? Uh,
1: so I, I have seen a handful of the Mission Impossible movies. I have seen I think was it three transporter movies with Statham? Yes. Yes. I love Jason Statham and I do think Ethan Hunt is a talent but Jason Statham is going to just absolutely dominate Ethan Hunt when it comes to fighting when it comes to a lot of it. I, I don't see Ethan's strength matching Statham's. I mean, he'll take intelligence. I can't I can't knock that he's a he is a smart guy. He's clearly, you know, espionage Numero dos, because obviously James Bond takes that lead. Um, But Ethan Hunt is a solid fight. It's going to be tough, but I do see Transporter taking it.
2: You know, I think that Starovsky just officially became our smartest uh, person we've ever interviewed. I I like his pick. Um, And it's not biased. It's not because I'm repping Frank Martin, the Transporter, um, at all, but... You know, he's just, he's a great guy. He's very, very smart. And I agree.
0: I'm yeah, no, no bias at all.
1: He, he said, I'm the best, but I'm also the first and only. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, that was my next que- uh, thing. The only other recall I will say to all of that is two words grip strength. If you have never seen Tom Cruise hold on to anything, the man has superhuman grip strength. And he, he does, does all of his own stunts. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but Stroski, really appreciate you coming on. Let's not make this a one and only thing, which may end up happening if you ever agree with Dustin again on this podcast. Um, but <laughs> we will definitely have you on. And I can't wait to do your podcast. I cannot wait to hear Dustin's podcast uh, with you uh, just because I love listening to Dustin just kind of scramble. Uh, so appreciate you, Stross. We'll We'll catch you later, man. Thanks for having me, y'all. Have a good one. Peace out. So as the first interview goes, I think that went pretty well. Dustin, what do you think? I think so. He agreed with me. I like that. Of course, of course. Uh, And if nothing else, that is something you'll be able to hold on to tight, tight to your body as you lose this match completely. Not a chance. Uh, with all that going out, uh, we will be putting up another character at the end of this episode and on our Instagram poll for our next week's audience matchup. I think those have been going pretty well uh, with with Neo. I'm not not a huge fan of that. Uh, but uh, when, you, when you're when you talking about Jet Lee, who, who who else but like the badass Keanu Reeves? I think Snake Eyes is a is a decent idea, uh, but it's definitely something we're going to have to continue to workshop. Yeah, for sure. I really liked all those answers. Snake Eyes, I
2: haven't seen a G.I. Joe movie in a while, but he was always the best part.
0: Uh, again, for me, when we do a G.I. Joe, it's not going to be G.I. Joe. It is going to be Cobra Commander uh, for no other reason as I just want to yell Cobra the entire <laughs> time. It, it doesn't matter what happens. Cobra Commander with all of his his cronies just yelling Cobra. Uh, but going to tonight's episode, Dustin, again, we have Ethan Hunt versus Frank Martin, uh, two of the, I'm not going to say top-tier action heroes uh, now, but they definitely were during the early 2000s. I mean, Statham's peak, obviously, is when he kicks the Megalodon in the face, so well after his transporter days, uh, but... It's cool. Uh, we won't fault him for that, and you'll get into that in a few minutes when we go into what we call the tale of the cocoa butter.
2: Tale of the cocoa butter is a term that Ken came up with. The genius that he is, kind of a play on the old tale of the tape in like UFC fighting, where they give like a character breakdown. And the cocoa butter comes from the fact that in the 90s and 80s, you know, it's very common that guys just really wanted to glisten for that camera. So they would just lather up to show off their muscles and shine in the sun.
0: Uh, Damn straight. And yes, uh, it is my turn. So I will go ahead and regale the audience and you, my friend, with the victor of tonight, Ethan Hunt. So Ethan Hunt, uh, played by Tom Cruise for, I think it's going on like 19 movies now. Uh, I, I think the seventh movie is now going to have two parts. Uh, Tom Cruise is never going to die. He's immortal. We all know that because, you know, the great Getty monster in the sky for Scientology, that's right, uh, is going to keep him alive. Uh, so he is 5'7", 170 for the majority of his films. It, it fluctuates with his hair length. Uh, Obviously, Uh, the movie series is definitely the Mission Impossible series, the rank. So in his previous life, before his CIA deep cover status, he actually was an army ranger. Uh, It did not state his rank, but just by kind of guessing, I'm going to go with captain. Uh, but going into his bio, Ethan Matthew Hunt, born August 18th, 1964. And I'll just say this as a deep cover operative, you'd never want to use your own name, but I guess he's just so badass. He doesn't have to worry about that. Uh, He is the main protagonist of the Mission Impossible film series. He's a senior field agent in the Mission uh, Impossible Mission Force, an elite top-secret espionage and covert operations agency that handles dangerous and highly sensitive international missions that have been deemed, quote-unquote, impossible. Ethan Hunt was born in Madison, Wisconsin, the only child of Margaret and uh, Nathan Hunt. He was raised on a dairy farm in Middleton, or Middlefield, New York. After high school, Ethan went on to attend the University of Pennsylvania. That's a lot of moving around there, Wisconsin to New York to Pennsylvania, where he was a double major in engineering and international relations. Upon graduating from Pennsylvania, he joined the Army. Ethan commissioned for the the Military Occupation Specialty, MOS, Infantry, and decided that he would become an Army Ranger. Going to the Ranger Indoctrination Program, also known as RIP, uh, he was placed in the 3rd Battalion of the 75th Ranger Regiment under the command of Lieutenant Colonel Daniel David Briggs. Ethan eventually fought in combat during Operation Desert Storm. After five distinguished years in the Army, Ethan gained an honorable discharge. After the discharge, he immediately sought employment with the CIA. Or Ethan could join the agency, however, he had to go through background checks, take the entrance exam, go through a series of interviews and psychological tests. Upon passing the entrance in and psychological exams, Ethan was contacted by Colonel Briggs, who had joined the CIA in a high-level position a few years before, and believed Ethan would be perfect for an organization outside of the agency. In short order, he was recruited into the ultra-secret agency, also known as the Impossible Mission Force. Although he was initially only told that he'd be tasked with unconventional black ops, Ethan exuberantly accepted the job offer. Afterwards, he was informed by an IMS mandate. He he then went through an intensive operational training course to train him in so-called operational intelligence, or tradecraft skills, including surveillance, clandestine photography, infiltration, and extraction techniques. He was also trained for night parachuting, tactical high-speed emergency driving, repelling from helicopters, dry and wet demolition, and because of his military experience, Ethan excelled through the training. Once he completed the training, he was given the cover legend of a systems analyst for the U.S. Department of Transportation and placed in a five-person team called an IM Force IMF for short. As the team's point man, led by senior agent James Jim Phelps, the team's job was to infiltrate and secure installations Seize critical intelligence, destroy dangerous data or equipment, and neutralize the enemy as needed without leaving a trace. The IMF is different from most intelligence organizations in that once their orders have been given, there are no required procedures for the fulfillment of the mission. Therefore, Ethan and Solo could use any means they deem necessary and success was all that mattered. The downside was, of course, obvious. If a team member was either captured or killed, the Secretary of the IMF would disavow any knowledge of his or her actions. Now, across the entirety of Ethan Hunt's career, he has saved the world probably 85,000 times. Uh, I think he's dismantled a nuclear weapon with nothing but a strand of his hair and his sunglasses. So I'm not going to go into everything that he has done, uh, but I'll go ahead and give you some Uh, abilities and equipment first as i stated before grip strength the man has the greatest grip strength on earth he is able to hold on to a uh, taking uh, a c-130 taking off which at that speed from the way it was filmed it looks like it was going about 270 miles an hour through a hailstorm so yeah grip strength He is in peak human condition. As an IMF agent and former Army Ranger, Ethan is in top physical condition. His strength, speed, agility, reflexes, endurance, and durability are all at peak levels for a man of his age, height, and weight. He's an expert martial artist uh, using techniques inspired by Capiora, which fits into his profile from the first movie. He also uses Aikido, Karate, Boxing, Judo, Taekwondo, Wrestling, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu techniques. He has a uh, high weapons mastery with a variety of weapons, including handguns, rifles, and knives. He's also very skilled at using whatever is available to him as a weapon using his environment to his advantage in combat. He is a master spy. He's very skilled at breaking into even the most secure facilities and breaking out without being detected. He has a high level of intellect. He's a creative and methodological methodolo- – wow – A creative and methodical man. He has shown himself to be a very skilled in espionage and infiltration, counterintelligence, is skilled at adjusting his plans to account for changes as well as knowing how to plan in advance and improvising new plans when necessary. He's also got an excellent memory and can remember messages and details of the missions easily, which is great because all of them self-destruct within 20 seconds. He's a master tactician. Uh, Ethan is a highly trained tactician and skilled at coming up with and executing plans for a variety of missions. is very good at understanding his opponents and using their flaws and plans against them. One of his favorite measures is to let those he is targeting think they have him beaten in, a, in order to enact countermeasures that he was relying on for the, his own plans to succeed. He is also an expert driver, maybe something uh, old Frank probably should learn something about. He's very skilled at driving anything that is around him, to include boats and motorcycles. He is multilingual. He can lip-read with the best of them. He is incredible at rock climbing. This is important because he likes to climb rocks, like in Mission Impossible 2. Uh, and he has an extreme pain tolerance. He's very skilled at overcoming pain, withstand excruciating injuries and torture without breaking. What I will say is Tom Cruise, I give him a lot of shit. However, the fact that he does 90% of his own stunts to include jumping from rooftop to rooftop, breaking his ankle and continuing the scene while running across the rooftop. Yeah, that's something I can do. Uh, so Ethan's weapons of choice remains his Beretta ninety two FS, which is what he uses in all three films before changing to his Sig Sauer P two twenty six for the next two. Uh, and finally, his new weapon is the H and K USP Compact, uh, which is a forty caliber pistol, which is what he's going to carry for our match. And that is Ethan Hunt.
2: All right, all right. You know that was that was pretty good. You talked a lot about grip strength, which I guess he's going to be hanging on for dear life in this fight, so that's good. But um let's get into the true future winner of this match. And it's Frank Martin. So he's played by Jason Statham coming in at five foot, 10 inches tall, a lot bigger than your little Tom Cruise. Weighing in at 170 pounds, the transporter series, they're better. Like I like I don't know. you can fight me, but they're better. His rank, I just put uh, driver and former special uh, former special forces operative. Uh, so let's get into his bio. So he goes by three rules: one, once the deal is made, it is final; two, no names; and three, never open the package which I think he fails every single time. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) he was uh, originally a team leader of a search and destroy unit. He had multiple operations throughout Lebanon, Syria, and Sudan. And he was this uh, recipient of the bronze star and the medal of honor, which, you know, talking to Ken here, he might know what those mean. He has absolutely amazing driving skills. You said Mr. Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt has some driving skills. Frank Martin can rock a car onto two wheels, drive in between two semis, flip a Yui, and shoot a guy in the head. That's some next level driving skills. He, If they would bring in Frank Martin to, to the Fast and the Furious franchise, not just some random guy that they had him play, but if it was Frank Martin, he would have killed every one of them. Just saying. So the first movie he takes on, like this human trafficking boss, he gets into many fights, and that's what we're here for. We're here for the action, for the fights, right? So... Throughout the series, he—I'm just going to list some of like the really cool notable fights. So one of them, this kid uh, is in the second movie. These people are trying to kidnap the kid, to use them as a ransom, and to deploy some like medical like virus that they want to spread across whatever. Anyways, they pretend to be a bunch of doctors and nurses. He goes through and beats them all, like smashes them through walls, kicks them, hits them, escapes, not a problem, right? This guy is constantly taking on rooms of people, like not just one-on-one fighting or one-on-three fighting. I'm talking like one-on-twenty, and its he's not even breaking a sweat. So he also shows that he has some crazy BMX skills in the third movie. He just hops on a bike, rides through buildings. Like this guy, he... He could drive better and operate anything better than Ethan Hunt. Let's just agree on that. Um, Every movie, of course, he ends up saving the girl because it's Jason Satham. He has to. So some more of his notable fights are like his like kind of feats in the fights. There's one scene where he knocks a gun out of a guy's hand, catches it, aims behind his back and kneecaps him like What kind of an aim does that take, Uh, Mr. Military Man, where you can aim behind your back and shoot somebody in the leg? I'm guessing pretty flipping good. Uh, So going on to more of the fights, he beats two men that are wielding axes while he is unarmed. He's constantly using his environment to fight people. Like one scene, he used shipping containers And was using the doors to block and separate men so he was only fighting a couple at a time. And then using the doors to beat them up and then throw them inside. He is using pipes that break off. He's using people's guns. He's kicking people's guns into them. He's using whatever he can to kill somebody. He'll throw a metal pipe through a dude. He does not care. In one scene, he covers himself in engine oil to make himself more like slippery so they can't grab onto him. Then he breaks off tie, like bicycle pedals, straps them to his feet, and uses those to get traction and just to kick people in the face. Like We're talking next-level brutality. Also, so there's this part's a little weird. He seems to really enjoy using his clothes as weapons. So he starts off in a full suit, and then all of a sudden his jacket's off, and he like throws it and hangs it up. And then his tie's off, and then his shirt's off, and then he puts it all back on. I don't know why. I think it's just so like, you know, people are like, ooh, let's see Jason Statham half naked. And that's the reason for it. But again, he takes on rooms of people at a time. At one fight, he took on a guy that had to have been over seven feet tall. He asked him, he's like, oh, let me guess. You're the smart one. And the dude's response was, nah, I'm the big one. Well, that big one fell hard because Jason Statham kicked his butt. Now we'll get into the weapons and abilities. So honestly, he's more hand-to-hand combat than anything else. Uh, I try to look up what guns he has used. And oddly enough, one of the guns that it listed was the Beretta 92FS, which you just mentioned. Um, He's used multiple guns. Usually he picks them up off of people or uses his environment to fight. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to play into the speculation. But he is an expert hand-to-hand fighter. He has an expertise in explosive surveillance and evasive driving. He's able to conduct seemingly impossible maneuvers while maintaining complete control of a vehicle. He's very good at improvising and using unconventional weapons such as, like I said, pipes, clothing, broken equipment, and even people themselves to do the damage for him. And that is Frank Martin.
0: Well, I think we figured out that your favorite part of that entire thing was when he was covering himself in engine oil. I mean, I, I, that's, yeah. that's the part that really stuck out for me. Uh, well, you know, he sounds cool, and I have to compliment his choice of vehicles. The fact he drives Audis is, is, is pretty badass. Uh, I got to drive a couple when I was in Germany. Uh, that's legit. Um, as far as the Beretta 92... That is, and still, I think is still currently, the most popular 9mm in the world, uh, so it makes sense why both of them would use it. Um, but Statham definitely, uh, he, he, he's out of his league when it comes to this. Ethan Hunt destroyed a goddamn helicopter, and then flew back and landed on the same train he jumped off of to destroy said helicopter. He's got the might of the United States intelligence agencies behind him in order to figure out exactly who to take out and where to take them after they're taken out. So little them he ain't got shit. Uh, but that was a good breakdown of their bios. Next, I think we should roll into our speculation. Now, we use the exact same Monte Carlo simulation that the Dynamic Duel guys use. Uh, it was made very famous by the D- a Deadliest Warrior TV show back in the day. Uh, basically, what it does is it takes stats uh, from different categories from each character, that, whether that's strength, versatility, perception, uh, and then plots them along a number line to finds the normal distribution between the two and then matches those across a thousand fights uh, to really declare the winner. Now, if we were to do that... Uh, It would take about 25 seconds for today's computers to figure out who's going to win uh, and would just sound like AOL or Netscape uh, in your guys' ears. Not very exciting, and that's not why you're here. We, instead, do a speculative match. So, myself, I will be playing as Ethan Hunt. Dustin will be playing as Frank Martin. Uh, And we are going to put these two characters up against each other to see what one of these 1,000 simulated matches would look like. Uh, It's not going to have any one way or the other against. It's just a hell of a lot more fun uh, than if me just clicking a button and deciding, well, I win. Uh, So... What we typically do is we try to find an environment that suits these two guys. uh, And because they are vehicle driving badasses, uh, why don't we put them in cars in a downtown New York street that may or may not have a deli on it? Uh, And we'll say that Ethan got a dossier on this. Balding dude that speaks with a British accent that evidently was a uh, badass special forces dude for the U.S. Uh, and knows that he's got to take him out because he's carrying something. And Frank's gonna, you know, break all three of his rules again because I mean, why have rules if you're just gonna break them all the time? He's not a very loyal person. That's all I'll <laughs> say. There's no point in hiring this man because he doesn't even follow his own goddamn rules. Uh, but that's all I'll say about that. Uh, with all that. Dustin, who do you think is going to go first?
2: So like So, Are we in cars at this moment? I think we are both in cars at this exact both moment. Both in cars at this moment. So I think it would probably be, probably be Ethan because Frank's just going to be transporting. But as soon as he sees Ethan coming up in his rear view, he's going to be like, hmm, what's this dude want? And he's going to know it's about to get real. So
0: even before. Ethan pulls up behind Frank, he's going to be on the headset with his dude in the chair, right? He's got, like, five of them, right? One of them's is Ving Rhames. It's always Ving Rames, right? He's, again. Not doing, he's not doing anything. He's just getting information, like where the street is, when the signals are moving. You know, all those things that intelligence people use. All right, they, he's going to figure out when's the exact time a busload full of nuns just so happens to be pulling through a intersection, causing Frank to have to stop. So at that point in time, Ethan's going to roll up in his Ford Mustang because American muscle is going to beat the hell out of German engineering every time. That's right, World War One and Two, friends. Uh, he is going to step on the gas. Instead of pulling up behind him, he's going to step right on the gas and just slam that Audi right into the bus. Okay, first off,
2: you took out nuns, which is awful. And I didn't say that they were still on
0: the bus, Dustin.
2: It's, yeah, you didn't specify that they weren't. So anyway, um, you just made him mad because the one thing you don't do is you mess with his flipping car. So he's going to hit reverse Come up on the hood a little bit and then peel off sideways and get into a better position for this fight.
0: So, I'm going to say that because it's a Ford Mustang, obviously, the car's probably going to be tanked because those things cannot take a head-on collision worth a jack. I should have picked a deb- better car. But I'm I'm a fair uh person when it comes to these fights, <laughs> Dustin. I don't care what you say. So, I'm going to say his, his vehicle probably got tanked. So, Ethan's going to roll out of the vehicle and get up and dust himself off like nothing happened because it's Tom Cruise. He's even going to fix his sunglasses, all right? And we're going to say he's got long hair because that's what Michelle impossible to tom cruise look like so with this he's going to watch as this Audi starts trying to peel away likely not doing very well considering the entire back end is jacked up and ethan is going to go ahead and pull out his hk and start putting rounds in the front tires to cause it to go flat
2: okay so as he's doing this what he didn't realize is frank Went ahead and set something on the gas. He's not even in the car. He hopped out the passenger side, s- side of his car, sneaks up behind him, and just kicks him in the back square right in the small of the back because he's a small guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you kick like a small in the back on a normal dude, it would be like Ethan's head or something. He is a tiny yeah. dude. And no one likes Tom Cruise. I don't even care <laughs> if I'm playing him in this one. Nobody likes him. So Cruz is going to take this, right? Ethan Hunt's going to take this kick, and he's going to have to get pushed forward, likely over the hood of the Mustang. So Ethan's going to get up and go, you've never seen me really upset, or some non sequitur that doesn't make any kind of sense whatsoever. And he is going to roll back out and start firing again uh, at the balding individual uh, who just so happens to look like Jason Statham.
2: Yeah, so he's going to duck out of the way, obviously. He's not going to sit there and take it. They got a car between them. So he's going to duck out of the way. He's going to take a piece of the car that broke off, and he's going to chuck it underneath the car, hitting uh, Mr. Ethan Hunt in the ankle.
0: Uh, So we'll say instead of him hitting him, uh, Ethan's going to hear the thing coming and he's going to be able to dodge out of the way he's got he's got pretty good reflexes uh but he, he's likely out of ammunition now because his hk's don't have a ton of ammunition on them. uh and ethan never brings an extra magazine with him he figures just one magazine is going to be enough so he's gonna have to toss the gun out of the way and he's just gonna vault over the the car hood again uh and in his vault he's going to twist his body so that he just mega kicks uh Frank in the chest. Okay. This knocks
2: Frank back, but it's, it's so little. He barely felt it. He's gonna, he's going to come at him with his hand to hand combat, combat skills. And he's just going to go
0: for a couple of quick combo, jab, jab, kick. So, it, it, Ethan's definitely uh, taken aback by the ferocity of this much taller man. Uh, he's only three inches taller. All right, let's not be let's not be crazy here. All right, he's not much bigger than him. Uh, he looks it on screen, but I'm six four. It's yeah, it's definitely not that tall. Um, so. Ethan's going to kind of toy with him, blocking. He's going to take a little bit of the inertia off of it. He's going to gauge his strengths uh, before he goes into some jujitsu moves uh, and plows right into Frank's midsection, bringing him to the ground, throwing him into a quick arm bar.
2: Okay, so Frank's going to be in this arm bar. He's going to swing over towards him. Knocking him in the face and trying to change position to get, obviously, top control so he can actually pound away. That sounded horrible. It, it
0: did. I mean, <laughs> at least he hasn't taken his shirt off, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> so... In that, Ethan's going to see that he's wearing a necktie, so he's going to grab that necktie and pull it as tight as humanly possible, effectively choking Frank out, uh, in which time he's going to leverage all of his weight from his powerful legs, and he's going to grip as hard as he can the nerve cluster right above his shoulder, which everyone knows the grip strength of Ethan Hunt is like... A crocodile and a bulldog had a baby. Their bite strength doesn't match Ethan Hunt's grip strength.
2: Okay, so Frank needs to get some distance. He's getting choked, so he's going to be holding one hand to keep himself from choking a little bit. And he's going to use that, like you're grabbing his shoulder, trying to hurt him. He's just going to use all of his weight, come down with an elbow to your face.
0: We're not gonna say that's gonna land because he's definitely not gonna let that shit go. So he's gonna roll his head just to the side, watching that elbow hit the ground. And as that quick distance pull in, he's then gonna bite him in the face because it's Tom Cruise. He plays dirty. He's gonna bite him in the face.
2: Well, Statham, he plays dirty in the transporters too, and he's gonna take a move out of your playbook. He's just gonna knee Ethan straight in the nuts.
0: See, that's the second time you've done that, Dustin. I haven't gone that far. You were the one that went <laughs> that far this time. Well, I, I watched to know.
2: Scenes and it happens <laughs> in the transporter, so I'm using
0: it. A hundred percent, and I have no doubt that he would stoop that low, and I hope you feel bad for it. That's all I'm going to say. I don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ethan's going to take it uh, and, and, and cry, you know, oh, my mission impossibles, because he went italian for some reason uh and but while he is writhing a little bit in pain he's gonna overcome said pain because he can just take tank damage like no other he's gonna pop a couple of kidney shots uh to pick him uh frank off of him to get a little bit of distance back so he can get up on his feet
2: okay that's where frank takes off his tie and throws it to the side. He ain't getting choked again. That was a mistake. And he's going to take off his jacket, but he's going to wrap it around his hands and he's going to be holding his jacket,
0: waiting for Ethan to come in. So Ethan's going to grab a piece of glass off the ground because obviously that's where he thinks this is going to go. Anyways, if he's going to bundle up a coat, Ethan's going to pull a piece of glass out and then Ethan's going to come running at him and slash at his chest with the piece of glass. Okay. So, and that is where he catches him with
2: the coat, wraps his coat around his arms, around his throat, and then flips him over
0: him. It's going to hurt. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. He's it's going to hurt. Uh, and at that time, Ethan's phone starts ringing. So he's like trying to get to his phone. Cause he knows it's probably his buddies or, you know, his wife or somebody, right. He's trying to get to his phone uh, while unraveling himself. And he's going to swift kick frank in the face uh with a back you know lane kick
2: okay so he's gonna feel this obviously and you know he ain't gonna be too happy about that so he's gonna run in and do a flying knee kick
0: so flying knee kicks suck uh so it's likely gonna knock uh ethan hunt back uh He's going to be fumbling for his phone, and he's, he's good, just going to get to it, and he's finally going to be able to answer the phone, bringing it up slowly, like, shaking as he's going, not like looking like he's wanting to put much more of a fight up.
2: Okay, so I think at this point, then, Frank's just going to go in for the kill.
0: And that's what Ethan Hunt wanted, because all of a sudden, what you hear is 10, 9, Eight, three, two. And that's when Hunt jumps <laughs> back as the explosion happens, blowing Frank up with his self-destruct mission, ending the match.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say Frank's escaped explosives before.
0: He's going to dodge out of the way and throw a metal pole right through his chest. Because why not? And I think, that, I think that's a great way to end it, Dustin. Uh, honestly, I think that's the longest simulated fight that we've had. And it's funny, it's these two guys. Uh Which is great, great work. That's all I'm going to say. So before we get into the results, we like to do the spectrum scale, right? Or the destruction scale of if we were to take these two characters and, of course, have the simulated match actually happen in the middle of a busy downtown New York street. On a scale of one to five, where do we think these two are going to land?
2: Okay, so initial damage is pretty high, but after that, it went to
0: basically a brawl. So I'm going to say about a two and a half. So I definitely would go like a two and a half, three. Um, I feel like both these guys are experienced with explosives. So like, say Ethan brings his gum that's a C4 explosive or somehow blows up the Audi, you know, destroys that poor deli man's entire area. Uh, it's it's going to be bad. Uh, so I, I would agree uh, when we're talking explosive level guys, uh, if nothing else before Brawl, it, it would leave some damage. Um, So, Dustin, yourself and our guest tonight both believe that Frank Martin is going to win this match. Where do you honestly feel like confidence level do you think you're at when it comes to the results of this match?
2: I am about a 98% confident that Frank wins because he's a transporter and Jason Statham is cooler than Tom Cruise.
0: While we can agree on that the winner of tonight's matchup is Ethan Hunt. Ah, 72.6% mopping the floor with Frank Martin. And I can tell you why. Honestly, the damage level, all of these things, it just, the body of work for Ethan Hunt was just way more uh, than, say, Frank Martin. right? I just Not just feats, but just standard. I think Ethan Hunt had topping the charts on a lot of things, such as his strategic intelligence, his perception, his versatility, fighting skill. Uh, the things that Frank Martin had over him, obviously, were uh, evasiveness. And I said he was funnier. Uh, which we all know what is <laughs> most important in our fights. Uh, Frank Martin had that going in spades. However, the winner of tonight's match, and I think that continues my winning streak. No, I, you're right. You won this time. Uh, I still am up in the polls because I don't do public math. Uh, is me, which is all that really matters in making you both look like fools. Um, Before we get out of here, though, uh, we have two more things. So we need to flip for who's going to go next for next match. Uh, And I am very excited about this one uh, because it is a returning Arnold character. uh, Because why the hell not? Uh, Arnie's got a ton of action uh, characters. However, Mm. next week's going to be a little different. It's not just action we're worried about. It is way more in the comedy. It is Jack Slater from Last Action Hero versus Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Bravestone from Jumanji. Ooh, okay. So we will go ahead and, again, we don't specify because we really have our own biases, but we like keeping it kind of upbeat and figuring out who's going to do who. Character for the next week, so we flip a coin. It's an actual coin. Dustin is notoriously bad at this. And I know me personally, I have one that I really want, so I don't really care who's going to get what, uh, but whatever. So call it there, Dustin. Tails. It is Tails, my friend. Nice. That's three talked. in a row. That's three in a row.
2: Yeah. Um, so
0: pick your character.
2: So I have a feeling I know who you want and I'm
0: going to go ahead and give them to you because I want the rock. I, I do want J- Jack Slater. Uh, I can honestly say when last action hero came out, I went and saw that movie like six times in the dollar cinema, because obviously that's where that movie really should be. It was not a wide release play. And <laughs> if you watch the Arnold documentary, he even says that that movie was garbage. Uh, but, the coolest movie when you're growing up to be that kid that like gets to go into an action movie and Arnold is everything you want him to be. Not only that, but Megadeth did 90% of that soundtrack. Badass. So I hope you bring in your A-game next week with your little Bravestone dude who's trying not to cry and ends up needing Kevin Hart more than anything else because Jack <laughs> Slater is bringing the heat. Uh, but before we get out of here, we're going to help go ahead and unveil our audience matchup for next week this week's audience matchup, I think maybe we should go something a little extraterrestrial? Hmm. Or, you know what? Actually, no. I believe we should do robots. And the robot will be the robot from iRobot. Played by Alan Tudyk. Sonny, I think is his name? I believe that's his name. We'll go ahead and get that and make sure uh, because I did just kind of pull that one out of my ass. Uh, But I think that would be a cool fight. Uh, I'd love to see what the audience has to say about that. So that will be on our Instagram. Uh, As always, folks, please go ahead and comment on our podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, We do take them into account. And if it is a great enough comment, we will read it on the podcast. Uh, We have not yet really gotten any. So please, 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 please. Bring those up uh, and then, of course, drop who you would like to see fight Sonny from iRobot in next week's fight. Dustin, I think we did it. Uh, you got anything else you want to drop? Uh, just that uh, Dustin got cheated. Frank Martin should have won. That is your opinion, my friend. Um, special thanks again to John Trotsky for the Mad Trivia podcast uh, and uh, everything else that he is involved with. He is a good friend of our podcast, and it was an honor for him to be our first Uh, uh So if you want to hear more of those, please let us know. We would like to keep them going. Uh, that was a good time. Uh, but anyways, after that, I think we'll go ahead and call it here. Dustin, have a great night, man. You too. All right. Thanks.